resurrection. What a great morning. You know, I want to talk to you this morning about the rock that rolled. And I thought maybe I could title my message, Rock and Roll, Easter Resurrection. But no, that probably wouldn't be appropriate. Um, so I, I thought, well, I could maybe preach a sermon about the rock that rocked your world. Or the sermon that would have you rolling with joy. And, and no, so whenever you're the preacher and you got you always try to start out with something funny and, and trust me, there's not a lot of funny things out there. So I had to make up a few. Well, I thought that what singing group would enjoy this sermon the most? The Rolling Stones, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But one thing I know that if we're going to talk about the stone that rolled away, we should never take it for granted. My, I do know one thing that we should, I'm glad we're in church. I do know one thing that we should all be bolder with our faith, right? Bolder. So when you tell somebody about the stone that rolled away, they say, you're just trying to rock my world. So if some of you are saying you don't like my joke, well, that's my sediments exactly. <laughs> and I'm glad that's over. <laughs> Real glad, actually. I'm thankful, I'm thankful that Jesus didn't just come to earth as a visitor. I'm thankful that he came to live and that his purpose was plain. You know, in Jeremiah it says, I know the plan I have for you, talking about you. Says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope for your future. And really with the resurrection, the hope for our future comes through the resurrection of Jesus. It's not just enough to have hope, but we have to have the resurrection in the middle of us. So I'm glad that he didn't come just as a visitor. I'm glad that he didn't come just as a teacher. You know, there's been a lot of great teachers. I mean, Muhammad, Buddha, Confucius, uh, a lot of people that added to what God already said. And so the Bible says anybody that adds to or takes away from my word, that he will blot their name out of the Lamb Book's life. That's pretty, pretty sobering, isn't it? So it's important that we understand that the truth of God will always be the truth, no matter what anybody says about it or how they interpret it. It's not like God's up in heaven going, hmm, I never thought about that. Let me, let me write that down. No. No. The truth will always be the truth. And he came for a purpose, and that purpose was so that he could die on a cruel cross, but not just die, but be resurrected. I'm so thankful for that this morning. If he had only died, he would have merely been a religious teacher. This morning we celebrate that Christ has risen. He gave us access to the Father through the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. He said, I'll send the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom, to give you faith, and to give you what you need. Is, anybody, is there anybody here besides me that needs a little bit of help 
this morning. I could use it. My name is Randy Weaver. I'm a long way from being perfect. Anybody that knows me knows that. But I huddle up with the rest of the people under the, at the foot of the cross saying, thank you, Jesus, that you made that sacrifice so that I could have the thing called eternal life. So it means if Jesus overcame death, if he overcame hell, he overcame the grave. There's hope way beyond hope for us all. There's a plan. Our very lives depend on the empty tomb because Christ is risen. Can you say it with me? Christ is risen. They, they come out with polls all the time. And it's amazing to me that uh, a lot of professing Christians are not sure about the resurrection. A lot of professing Christians, they don't believe that there's a hell anymore. And, and it's, it's almost like uh, uh, we pick and choose. It, it's like the, the, the guy, he, he said that, that he needed a word from God. And uh, this isn't in my notes, so if I mess it up, this is new for me. It's old, but it's new. So have you ever opened the Bible and just pointed because you needed a word for God? So he opens up his Bible and he says, uh, uh, well, I forgot the first one, but the second one, <laughs> the second one, and he didn't like the first one. So he put the second one and it said, Judas went and hanged himself. He said, oh, that's not for me. So then he opens it up and he said, and this says, whatsoever thou doest, do quickly. And he said, oh, no, that's not for me. I don't know why I said that. I'm just excited about church this morning. <laughs> so I'm going to stay with my notes. So we come perpetually every day to the foot of the cross. Like this morning when I got up, when I got up, I knelt down because I knew I needed help today. And every day I realized that I have to have help from the Savior. Now, my pride or my, my arrogance, that will separate me from the truth that I need to humble myself at the foot of the cross. Because we all have burdens, we all have problems, and we all need the resurrection. So that piece of wood would remain nothing to us. It would absolutely mean nothing to us if it wasn't for the resurrections. In Galatians 3.3, it says, Christ has redeemed us. Say, I'm redeemed. Has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse, become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everything, everyone who hangs on the tree. The fact that Jesus went to the cross, like on Friday, we call it Good Friday, don't we? I'm like, it wasn't good for him. But it was good for us. But another word that probably more, that fits better is Holy Friday. And the reason they call it Holy Friday is because holy means set apart for a purpose. That Friday was set aside for a specific purpose for specific people because God had a plan for you because it tells me that God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to a place of repentance. That's God's will for you but I would ask you this morning what is your will 
for you. Because if you want to spend eternity with God, you must do it the way God says to do it instead of the way the world says to do it. It's interesting to me that a lot of people don't believe in the resurrection or they don't believe in, in, in hell. They don't believe anything. It, but what I want to say to you this morning is that it's important that we understand that we're not the ones who wrote the word of God, that the prophets from God, that it was anointed of God, and God is the proof. Because way back thousands of years ago in Isaiah, when he wrote that he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Thousands of years ago, wounded for our transgression. He knew, God knew, because he inspired the prophet Isaiah, God knew all of these things would happen. And by the way, he knew that we would be here in Montgomery, Texas on April, the whatever it is today. And we would say, we need a Savior. We need a risen Savior. We don't need somebody who just came down to visit earth, not a, just a good teacher or not just a good prophet. We need the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, and he is the risen one. His name is Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. It says, cursed is everyone. You see, he bore our sins. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. There's an old song that says, redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Redeemed. I'm so happy in Jesus, his child, and forever I am. I love that. Years ago, we had a, we had a, when, when Darla and I first got married, we had a, a good dog. She was a, when Darla, Darla had her before we got married, and then she was an okay dog when Darla had it, but after we got married, she was a much better dog when I came into her life. She had a little more discipline. She turned out to be a great dog, and I don't say that about you all know that. They say, do all dogs go to heaven? Not all of them, for sure. Not all of them. But Katie was a good dog, and... Uh, we never had to tie her up. We never had to build, keep her in the yard, fence, build a fence around her because she loved us. She loved being home. She loved just being a good dog. She was good with being good. One day, Katie came up missing, and we couldn't find her anywhere. And we looked all over, went out in the back pasture and looked at different, called our neighbors, everything, never could find her. Next thing we know, the the people from the dog pound called us because she had a collar on her with our phone number on it, and they called us, and they said, are you missing a dog? And we're like, yeah, we really are. And we've been looking all over for her because we love her so much. They said, well, she's down here at the doggy jail. <laughs> so we go down there, and, and uh, you know how it is. Anybody, you, you've been down there, right? I mean... It's like these, these, uh, these dogs, they put them on TV. They, they're like. <laughs> and and uh, we went by these other dogs, and they're all like this, all like this. And I, and I, 
and we went to Katie, and when we got to Katie, she started to jump, and then she was like, <laughs> I guess it's contagious to feel shame whenever you've done something wrong when you run off. I'm sure none of y'all have ever done anything like run off. Just hope to nobody, <laughs> hope somebody called your name and said, we still got a home for you. So we went in there, and, and uh, finally after, we, we called her, and finally she's like, oh, it's okay, you know. And she's, you know, she was so happy to see us. But the people, they said, you can't have her yet. Said, What's the problem? So you got to pay a fine to get her out of doggy jail. So we, we was like, well, how much is it? <laughs> so we paid the fine and took her home. The point is, is that that dog would never have been able to pay the fine for herself. She couldn't do it. And it's interesting in, 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 our, in, in America today how we, become, we have become what we call so self-sufficient. How's that working out for you when your electricity goes out? How does that work out for you when you got the big freeze? We are not self-sufficient. Anybody with me today? I mean, I mean like we, can, we can lie to ourselves and say, I can run off, and I can get in doggy jail, and I can just like, I'll just live in doggy jail. But sooner or later, doggy jail gets old, and you're looking for the peace of the home, the place where you belong, the place where your plan is being fulfilled, and you're tired of being in a doggy jail. And you're hoping that somebody will come along and pay the price so that you can get out of jail and have the freedom and stand fast in the freedom wherein Christ has made you free. The only way that you're going to get out of doggy jail is when God himself shows up and he gives his only begotten son and the blood that was shed on the cross is the price that he paid that he redeemed the world for us so that we didn't have to live in our shame. We didn't have to live in regret. We didn't have to live in the sin of our past because we understand that the wages of sin is death. And some of them dogs. Sad to say. Because nobody claims them. I want you to know today, your soul will be lost forever should you not accept the king of kings that paid the price so you could have eternal life. And not just eternal life, but peace in this life. We don't have to walk around in bondage toward the things and the, the, the habits that set us apart and separate us from God, but we can be in peace. And the Bible says that we can, come, we can come boldly before the throne of God. Anybody with me? Because we have access to God because of what Jesus did when he was on the cross. Let me tell you something. Friday does not define you. But every Friday, if you're a preacher, you know that every Friday you better get ready for Sunday. And that's all Jesus was doing on Friday. 
He put the crown of, they put the crown of thorns on his head. They whipped him. They beat him. They spit on him like Pastor Jay. They did everything. And he let that happen because he knew that his sacrifice, that he would take that beating for us so that we didn't have to take that beating. That's called redemption. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, I'm so happy in Jesus, his child, and forever I am. I don't know how you can sit so still when I'm telling you something so good. Why death? The wages of sin is death. But the gift, everybody say the gift. The gift of God is eternal life. You're not going to get the gift of eternal life through your boat. You're not going to get the gift of God through your video games. You're not going to get the gift of God by roping in the arena. The gift of God, the gift of eternal life only comes through Jesus. And if you should want that, or if you already have that, I would just submit to you that the word, word disciple means a follower of Christ. Jesus didn't say this. He didn't say, go and make converts out of everybody. He didn't say to build a church and expect people to show up. He said, go and make disciples. Everybody say, go. Go doesn't mean to stay. Go means if you're through roping them stairs, get some hamburger for people who don't, who don't have enough money to buy hamburger and take, take it to them. Go out into the highways and byways, it says, and compel them to come and give them some hamburger. Give them whatever they need. Give them love. Meet the needs of the community. Take, give the kids some backpacks. Pay for some kids' lunch. Do some things in the community. Get out amongst them, and then they will come. Don't build the church and expect them to show up. Go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in through your love because the love that he showed for us on the cross, we'll never, ever be able to do anything that will compare with that, but we could die trying. The resurrection ensured that Christ did not end, but what he stood for went on. It meant that God plan, God's plan did not die, but con continued. I want you to think about Mary. And, and after Jesus died on Friday, it, Saturday was silent. And then Sunday morning, Mary went, Mary Magdalene went, to the tomb and it was closed and she was crying there and Mary the mother of Jesus and Mary and then another lady named something else <laughs> so, her name I always want to say salmon but it's Salome or something like that here's a little cue for you if you're ever teaching Bible study you don't know how to say their name just say it fast Solomon Anyway, that was her name. So the ladies go to the tomb, and, and the, the angel 
stood there, and I want to read it to you because this is, this is, so, this is so amazing. It says in Matthew 28, 1, it says, Now after the Sabbath, Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. <clears throat> his countenance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. And the guards shook for fear. And became like dead men, it says. But this angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. But he is not here, for he is risen. And as he said, Come to the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went after he told them. This is interesting, isn't it? After he told them, they went. They didn't have to have a committee to make up their mind whether they wanted to do it or not. They didn't have to have a little conflam. Hmm, no, they just went. Out quick, quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. Fear and great joy. Sometimes when you're afraid to do something, but you know it's the right thing to do. Sometimes you, it's fearful, but you do it afraid because you know it's the right thing to do, right? So this is a critical point in the message. Why and for who was the stone rolled away? Was it rolled away for Jesus? Nah. No. We're forget God can do anything he wants. My God can do anything. He made the world and all his glory and all of life shall bring. God can do anything. The God that we serve can do anything. Can you say amen to that? So he, he didn't need the stone rolled away. He was good about that. He is good. But Mary needed it. Mary Magdalene, Mary, his mother, needed it. John, his beloved. You, you remember John he, he was the one that was so close to Jesus. And, and you see the pictures of, of the Last Supper. And John, he's the one that's laying his head on Jesus' shoulder. And, and you know what they, they said there at that picture of all, the, of, of all the disciples at the Last Supper. They said, if you want to get in the picture, you got to get on this side of the table. Where's Walter when I need him? John was the beloved. And John was the one at the foot of the cross when Jesus said, Behold my mother. Take care of my mother. He had faith in John, but John also had faith in him. But they didn't know because they, it was just hard for them to believe. And I just feel like I should say this today, that you make... You may have doubts in you about the resurrection. You may have doubts about, about what's going on in the world today. But let me tell you something. Jesus, if you put your trust in him and put your faith in him and put your faith in the resurrected Christ, you will have the peace. And the creation shouts that there is a God. Many scientists like to Explain away the creation. 
You kids, let me tell you something. You'll hear in class that, that once you was a, um, an amoeba in the sea, and then, then you was a, a, a monkey hanging from the tree, and then you wound up being a doctor with a PhD. That's not the way it happened, okay? It's not the way it happened. God can do anything, and he can raise his son from the dead. And let me tell you something. If he can raise his son from the dead, he can sure enough raise you from the dead. And that peace that comes inside of you, it'll pass all understanding. You say, I don't understand how that can happen. Well, join the crowd. I don't know how it happens either. You know why? Because we're not God. I love this stuff. One of the greatest reasons that the stone was rolled away so we could have access to God. What was God's purpose in rolling the rock? So everybody could understand the full impact of the resurrection. Leave the tomb sealed and there would be no hope. But roll away the rock, show an empty tomb, a missing body, and some stunned guards. Now everyone had to have a glimmer of hope that Jesus had been resurrected. The stone being rolled away was unaltered, immediate evidence, victory over death for those who would experience it and accept it. That same Jesus and that same experience that Mary and Mary and John and eventually Peter, all the disciples, the very thing that they understood, the apostle Paul, you remember him, right? They all witnessed this. 500 people saw Jesus after he was raised from the dead. And when that happened, they realized that he is not just somebody that came to visit the earth. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a teacher. He's not just somebody that was created. He was and still is God. So they never did understand how the rock had rolled away. They didn't let the things Listen to me. They didn't let the things that they didn't understand mess up the things that they did understand. We don't understand everything, but that's when we have to let faith kick in. I'm sure there's something in your life that you don't understand right now. But we have to have faith because it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. We have to have faith. We have to have hope. The contrast between the journey to and from the tomb is overwhelming. The steps that, that, that Mary took was be full of hope, something they didn't have when they came to the garden. But when they left, they had hope. What about old Peter? You remember him, right? Peter, he was the guy that said that he wouldn't deny Jesus after Jesus told him he would. Have you ever... Don't raise your hand. <laughs> have you ever told God you would do something if he would do something? Or have you ever told him that, that, that you would never mess that up again? Or the thing that, the, 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 anybody here have a little sin problem? Don't raise your hand. We all know you do. We all have, you with me, little sin problems? And then you, then you say, I'll never do that again, and then you do it again? Oh, some of y'all looking way too holy for me right now. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. <laughs> so Peter, he's the one that 
deny, he told Jesus he'd never deny him, and then the next thing he did was <laughs> deny him, and denied that he ever knew him, and, and uh, can you imagine the, the guilt trip that Peter was on? Could you imagine the shame that Peter felt because the very thing that he told God was the very thing that he did that he said he wouldn't do? I don't know if that sounds familiar to anybody, but it probably should. Because as long as we live in a fallen world, the Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, you can pretend that you're, you've never sinned or that you didn't sin, but all you're doing is pretending. And, and really, that's the reason we have churches for hypocrites, right? Right? For pretenders. But we need, we need, I say bring all the hypocrites you can because we all need Jesus anyway. So what did the rock mean to Peter? Oh, did you know that the name Peter actually means the rock? And Jesus said when he was talking to Peter, he's talking about his church, but he said that you're, he said, your name shall be Peter, the rock. And he said, upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Can you imagine the things that was going through Peter's mind after he messed up? You all know what I'm talking about, right? I know when I mess up, the things that, that I messed up, I'm like, oh, it's kind of like Katie in doggy jail. God, I need your blood again to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So Peter, he was no different. I'm sure he blamed himself for all of his problems, his inadequacies and his failures. Did you, have you ever felt that you just wasn't good enough? Don't raise your hand. So if, just like us, if that rock had never been rolled away, Peter would have never had a chance at a new lease on life. He would have carried the heartache that, that what could have been for the rest of his life for eternity. If you ever said to yourself, if I would have only, if I'd only done this, or if I'd only done that. And, and I hear people every once in a while, they say, oh, I just don't have any regrets in life. Really? I regret every sin I ever sinned. You with me? Because what sin does, it separates us from God. And that's the reason I don't want to sin is because I have fallen in love with God. But it doesn't mean that I don't sin, but God's sacrifice is available for me because when I mess up, I can always run to God. And the problem with Americans today is too many times instead of running to God, we run away from God. Because we think God is mad at us and we're full of shame. But let me tell you something. Me and Darlie, when we went to doggy jail to get Katie out, we was happy to see her and we hugged her and everything. We said, we didn't, we didn't just kick her or nothing and say, you're stupid. We loved her and hugged her. And you see, that's the kind of God that we serve. He loves you because you are his creative people. It's beautiful. The other person that betrayed Jesus was a guy named Judas. He was so broken that he took his own life. Let me tell you something. Suicide is never the answer. 
to your problem. Because if Judas would have realized that Jesus was going to go to the cross and give him access again to the Father, I dare say he wouldn't have taken his own life. But the cross for Judas meant nothing. He let his despair dictate his destiny. And we can't be doing that. But when the rock rolled away, Peter had a chance, a glimmer of hope. And even though he had blown his loyalty to Jesus, he had been with Jesus long enough to know that grace and compassion was always who Jesus was. He is full of grace. He is full of compassion. He is full of mercy. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how bad you've been. It doesn't matter if you're in prison in Huntsville. God still loves you just like he loves the preacher, just like he loves everybody in church this morning because his love isn't conditional on our action. His love is unconditional. No matter how bad you've been, he still loves you just like he loves you. And he would have gone to the cross just for you. If you'd have been the only person, he'd have went to the cross for you. And I would dare say that, that when you believe that, when you let it get inside of you, you'll never be the same. That's what the rock rolling away meant for Peter. It brought hope. But let me say this. Hope isn't everything. It's important to have hope. It's important to have faith. But <clears throat> faith in and of itself or hope in and of itself isn't enough. I believe that there's a lot of people like me today, like, like I hope I stay married. You with me? Any, any, anybody, any couples with me today, you hope you stay married. Let me just tell you something. If you want to stay married, you're going to have to be disciplined enough to make the right choices to stay married. I hope I can keep my job. Well, hope isn't enough. I think we live today with hope. And, but that's all we have. I hope I'm a good horse trainer. I hope this horse doesn't butt me off. But you do things the right way. This horse ain't going to butt you off because you made a plan before you got on him. Hope isn't enough. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So hope is important. Faith is important to God. But if that's all we have, then that's it's really not enough. I lost my place. So I'll just preach. <laughs> Hope in and of itself and faith in and of itself is not enough. They hoped that Jesus was alive. But even after Mary had gone to the tomb, when Jesus came up to her, he found her doing what? She was weeping. Even after, listen to me, even after she got the message that Jesus was alive, she was still weeping. So information isn't enough. I hope somebody's listening to me. At some point in time, 
We have to understand. Here's what Jesus said. He said, go and make disciples. He didn't say go and make converts, right? But go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But you see, just a convert is just somebody that has hope. A convert is just somebody that, that, that believes in God. But let me tell you something. The demons even believe in God. They know that there is a God. But you see, when you believe that what he did is able to change your life. And here's what Jesus said to the rich young ruler. He said, or, or excuse me, he said it to uh, another guy. Who was that guy? He said, you must be Nicodemus. He said, you must be born again. You've all heard that phrase, right? You must be, if you want to inherit the kingdom of God, you must be born again. He didn't say, well, I'd appreciate it. Or you just think about it. I think a lot of times in our culture today, we don't want to be invasive with our, with our gospel. But, but Jesus, he's like, hey, you want to go to heaven? You must be born again. And today, I'll say this to everybody here. If you want to go to heaven, you must be born again. And here's what it is. He's, to be born of the flesh is flesh. So everybody here, if you're breathing, you were born of the flesh. So you got that down part, that part down real good. You're good. But being born again is being born of the Spirit. And what's that, what that means is that you accept Christ as your personal Savior. And you're not the person that you used to be. It's not that you are perfect, but in your heart, God has washed you through what happened on Friday, through the blood of the Lamb, that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. The redemption, the redeeming price that Jesus paid by sacrificing his life was so that you can have access to God, so that you can make the choice either to accept him as your personal Savior or to walk back out of life as the rich young ruler did and said, hmm, Man, that's, that'd be good. But the Bible says he walked away because he had great wealth. Let me just let you know, there's nothing in this world that is more valuable than your eternal destination. There's nothing more valuable than your personal relationship with the one who has power over the resurrection. Because at some point in time, it's appointed unto man, unto woman, wants to die. It's like, it's going to happen. If Jesus doesn't come back and get us, we're all going to go by the way of the grave, right? And we can deny it or, we go, oh, not me, but oh, yeah, you too. We're all going to die. He says, because we have an appointment but he says, and after that, the judgment, what that means is, is that we will be judged whether we received his sacrifice or we rejected it. And simply by doing nothing, you all know what I'm fixing to say, right? By doing nothing, we are what? We're rejecting it. You see, we cannot be indifferent when it comes to the resurrection. We either have to accept this resurrection, we have to have hope, we have to have faith, but we also have to have Jesus Christ as our personal Savior because he is the one that provided this for us, and he has come to pay the price. And whenever Katie was in doggy jail, she didn't say, oh, I appreciate you doing that for me, but <clears throat> I think I'll just stay here. 
No, she was glad to go home. And you see, that's why we come on Easter Sunday, because we want to know who our king really is. Amen. Oh, that's good preaching. So the rock rolled away was evidence that Christ had risen. An encounter with him after the resurrection was what sealed it for Mary. Only those who believe in the resurrection are able to experience the resurrection. You see, Peter needed forgiveness. He needed restoration. Peter needed to see Jesus in a different light. But Jesus came and intentionally, you remember this, right? Jesus, the first disciple that he appeared to, you know who it was, right? Is old Peter sitting on there like, like the dog in there. Peter, and Jesus came, and he said, Peter, it's all right. I get it. I love you. And this morning, I believe that there's some of us here today that need, Jesus needs to give you this message, and I just want to say humbly this morning that he sent me to, to tell you that he understands and he gets it, but he has a better life for you, and he has life, and he has eternal life, and he has a relationship prepared for you with him. I'm so thankful for that. One thing about this arena, I have no clock. Oh, there it is. It's 1130. So I'm, I'm about done. So five days ago, they came out with a poll, Gallup, Gallup poll came out with a poll, a three-year uh, poll that they put out uh, about the decline of attendance in American churches. Washington, D.C., Americans' membership in houses of worship continued, everybody say, say continued, continued to decline last year, dropping below 50%. For the first time in Gallup's eight-decade de trend, for the first time ever, attendance in houses of worship has declined below 50%. 47% of Americans said they belonged to a church, a synagogue, or mosque, down from 50% in 2018 and down from 70% in 1999. So what do we do with this, with the falling numbers the way they are, and, and why are they falling? And, and I, I believe that everybody here would have an opinion about all of this, but I would just say today that the, resurrected, the resurrection is more important now than ever before, that America needs to know that there is a God in America, that there is a God that knows who we are, and that... And that in America, we still do trust him, that, that it might be a, a smaller percentage, but I would say this, that in the last days, the Bible says that there will be a great falling away. That's what it says. And we just have to make sure that it's not us 
that's falling away, that our neighbors and our family, that we can share Christ. We can go out amongst them and love them the way God wants us to love them. Way too many Americans are only interested in getting what they want out of their religion. Oh, I will say this. You come to this church long enough, you're going to get upset with the preacher. You're going to say, I can't believe it. He said that. Well, the very thing that upset the Pharisees, which was the church, the religious group of the day, because they, they made up so many rules in their religion that nobody could follow. They couldn't even follow their own rules. But everybody in America today, we, 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 it's like if we don't like what somebody says, we go find a church that will tell us what we want to hear. Let me tell you something. It's not about what you want to hear. It's not about what I want to hear. God, God's word is alive because Jesus is alive. The Bible says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So Jesus is alive, and his word is alive. You want to talk about something that's going to last forever, God's going to last forever. You want to make an investment in something, invest in something that will last forever. His word will last forever, because heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall stand forever. And the third thing that I can think of that will last forever is your soul. So there's only really three things that's really important. is God, his word, and your soul. God doesn't dwell in temples made by man's hands. He dwells in your body because he said your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. That Jesus died on the cross and he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us. He doesn't live up there in that building. He lives in your heart. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living. No matter what people say, I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me, and he talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. This world that we live in, I just want to say this. Don't be sucked in to the way that the world says you should live. Know the word. Know God. And know his will. And know his plan for you. Because he has a place. Everybody needs a place. And he has a place for you. A place prepared for you. In a place called heaven. He wants you to be a part of his kingdom. He doesn't want you to be eternally separated from him. Can you say thank you, Jesus? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for loving us this morning. Thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. I pray, Lord, today that you would um, just take this time on God. Help us to understand that that stone was rolled away for us. Help us to understand that there are things in our lives that stone needs to be rolled away for, oh God. Help us, Lord, to understand the power, the power of the resurrection and the power of life, oh God. May we not ever compromise your plan 
and your purpose for our lives. I thank you for it. And I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you see the greatest privilege, the greatest privilege known to mankind is what Jesus did when he was on the cross because that gave us access to God. The reason we can pray today to God is because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. But even greater than that is the fact that he rose from the dead and he lives today willing and ready to accept you into his kingdom. But you have to make that choice. Jesus put it this way. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone open, I'll come in and be with them. What he's talking about is your heart's door, that he wants to come into your life. He wants to be your Lord. He wants to be your Savior. A lot of people want a Savior, but they don't really want a Lord. But he wants to be your Lord and your Savior. So this morning, if you've never accepted him, or maybe if you haven't, you just really haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand, say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my life. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up high. Anybody, Preacher, that's me. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Anybody, Preacher, that's me. Yeah, back in the back. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, over there. Leave your hand up high until we get a Bible in it, please. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Slip your hand up high. Anybody? Yeah, thank you over there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else back in the bleachers? Slip your hand up high. Anybody in the bleachers? The Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you raise your hand, I want you to look up at me. Everybody that raised your hand. I want you to come up here and let me pray with you. Everybody, if you don't mind, we're going to take a minute back in the bleachers back there. Come on up and let me pray for you. I'm going to come down here. Yeah, come on. Everybody that raised your hand. Johnny, do you know that song, I Surrender All? Play it. All to Jesus, I surrender. I'm so proud of you. Can I shake your hand? Stay right here a second. I want to pray with you. Anybody else? Come on down, buddy. I love this song because it says, All to Jesus, I surrender. All to Him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence, daily live. Look at you. I'm so proud of you, buddy. Thank you. You've been needing this for a while, haven't you? Thank you. Anybody else before we move on? Y'all keep your seats for just a second. I know you don't want to get to your cars, but hold fire just a second. That's what I want to do. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God's raised you from the dead, that we'll be saved. So what I want to do, I want to help you pray. 
Y'all help us pray, okay? Just repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible. Help me to pray. Help me to show up for church and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I'm so proud of you guys. Listen, this is what I want you to do. Go visit these ladies for just a second, please. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Bless you, girl. So proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's sweet stuff. Stand with me, please. Um, last year we had church here and nobody was here. Y'all with me? I mean, we got all set up for Easter and like they told us we couldn't have church. So thank you for being here. Thank you for coming this morning. I'm so, I'm so thankful for you. Let me just encourage you to keep your priorities straight with Jesus. There's a lot of distractions in our world today. I said there's a lot of distractions out there. I want to keep you from worship, keep you from serving. And uh, I'm so grateful for our, our, our team here, our, 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 uh, our tech department, and, and our volunteers, everybody that's worked so hard. Can we give them a hand? I'm so grateful. Thank you all. You all are a blessing. And, uh, oh, that reminds me, we got offering baskets back there. I forgot that in the first service. They always get after me because I forget things like that. But thank you for giving to the Lord. And uh, how many say, preacher, my priorities have been just a little bit off. And I, I have got to get my poor priorities straight. Let God be first in my life. Raise your hand just in commitment to it. Oh, I love you guys so much. Let me pray for you. Let's all raise our hands and surrender to him. Lord, we, we, we surrender to you, oh God. We, we surrender our hearts and our minds, our bodies and our souls. I pray that you'd help us to seek you first in your kingdom and your righteousness. And then let all of the other things be added unto us. Bless your people today. Bless your churches. Bless churches all over the nation, Lord, to, to speak your name and, and, and follow your word, oh God. I pray that you would have your way in everything that we do, everything that we say. May we glorify you. May everything we do be an act of worship. Bless your people, I pray. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are our resurrection. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and the church said... Amen. God bless y'all. We sure do love you. God bless you.